Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, July 14th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined today by two of our three regular panelists. That's one Donald Terrio from Canada. Hello. I figured in honor of one of our in honor of our main event tonight, I'd better pop the colors again. Might as well. I mean, I'm a former I'm a former GameFAQs heavyweight champion, so. Uh, truth bullet. Now that is a reference to Danganronpa. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's he's wearing he's wearing a very snazzy Danganronpa shirt. Third game's coming out on every non Nintendo and Microsoft platform in September. Yep, about two months away. Two months away. We're also joined by Justin Baruby. Hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm wearing a uh, Mario today. Is, <laughs> is that some of that Super Mario 3D World art? No, I think this is just some generic. Mm-hmm. It might be Mario 3 art, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like some of the art from one of the old Mario Bros. manuals, but that is beside the point. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> it, it's probably that. Yeah. And sadly, Zach was a late scratch tonight due to uh, unexpected company from about 200 miles away. <laughs> but he's getting pizza, so it's understandable. Yeah, it's, he's, he's having a pizza party. Today, we're talking about arms. We're talking about, hey, Pikmin. We're talking about some 2K and some Dragon Ball. It's going to be a little bit of a short show, but we're going to do what we can. We're not going to stretch it out, but it's, it's not going to be. And too- some Pokemon at the end there. Yeah, it was a last-minute decision. We, we would have had a 30-minute show, but we're going to talk about the absence of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon at the very end of the show. Anywho, ARMS added a new character. It added a new mode. It added a top rank. Version 2.0 came to ARMS. Final boss Max Brass is now uh, part of the playable roster. We also have a new versus road, a new versus mode with Headlock Scramble, where you can play as Headlock in some sort of capacity. There's the ability to reach level 20 in ranked play, new balance patches, and then there's records of play on the main menu. It's fat for one month after the game came out. Yeah, this is... Because, I mean, we, we, we joke about how, you know, ARMS is a $30 game, with a $30 season pass, you buy the whole thing up front, but... They are delivering with this thing. I think they're iterating on it even faster than they did with Splatoon. The only difference is Splatoon had, you know, weapons and state and gear coming in every week. It's and stages coming in. So, but I really think they're going faster with arms. No, I'm really excited about some of these updates. Uh, I haven't tried them out myself, but the balance patches are real important for a game like this because I can't, I can't really think of a game quite like ARMS. So as new strategies are developed, I think the, 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 the developers are going to have to quickly think how to make this fair as things get figured out. And aside from that, uh, some of the stuff sounds good for my favorite character, Master Mummy. <laughs> so I'm real happy about that. Yeah, and I think they had. I think they really whacked King Cobra with the nerfing stick because they took one of his, like they took a stage where he was really effective out of the rotation. That's right. I was yeah. And, I wanted to mention that because that stage was horrible in ranked. Yeah. So he and they've also nerfed a couple of the arms that he uses. So he he's going to be. Uh, hopefully that's enough to if he's as dominant as he as it seems like he is then. Hopefully that'll be a way to bring him back down to earth. Yeah, it sounds like Max Brash Max Brass is basically Springman, but a bulkier version. Yeah, and he he he's got elements of all the characters, at least from what I played when I fought him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like his design too. Oh, his arms are the championship belts. I think that's awesome. Mm. Well, JP Troll says, "Um, this is uh." Those are two of the first comments in the chat looking forward to seeing what he has to say we have Erebuster hyping up pokemon at the end of the show uh dragon grandpa who's who's one of my favorite pokemon of the new generations and wind chimes has to say boobies so uh get in the <laughs> chat <laughs> we'd love to have some constructive discussions with members of the chat but anyways there's arms it's the snake stage is kind of a bummer but i kind of understand because the snake stage one of the funnest stages in the entire game but it's also one of the most broken. And once you get on one of those platformers, one, one, not one of those platforms, the game breaks. It's very hard to hit whoever has 
whoever has the high ground. Mm. I had problems while on one of those uh, top things also when if you're trying to block and move around at the same time or like it, the controls are very weird while you're on one of those things. I feel like in some ways it's limited and like sometimes you can jump off it, sometimes you don't and I just never completely figured out how it works and it just felt kind of janky to me so I'm glad that's out of the competitive mode. You can leave it for like party, that's fine, but mm. yeah. Yeah. Have you guys been sticking with arms? Because I played for about five hours and then stopped. I I haven't really played it all that much, honestly. I, I've played more Street Fighter 2 on Switch than I have arms. Mm. I haven't played arms in a while because I'm still forcing my way through Zelda. But I do want to get back to arms. I really do enjoy the gameplay. And I do want to get deeper into that game. It's just, like I mentioned earlier, it's hard to figure out what the best strategies and stuff are. Because uh, the community just is growing now. We haven't gotten to a point where there's a lot of information on best strategies. Everybody seems to have their own take on what's best and the tier lists are all over the place and the best arms are all over all over the place too. So I think it's going to be a while before the whole meta game kind of settles. Mm. Right now it's shifting without a clutch based on what you're saying. <laughs> Last I checked, yeah, it was nuts. The content proposition arms I find to be much worse than the content proposition in Splatoon. In Splatoon, they had the full campaign mode, and I felt the online was more suited to an extremely longer style of play. But ARMS, I play for an hour at a time. I stop. I don't really feel that compelled to go back. I would say half the time I even spent was justifying the $60 purchase, which is not a slight against the game, as much as it's a slight against uh, this game not being a very Alex game. Yeah, one of my complaints about the game in general is like Nintendo in Japan seems to keep putting out these like pieces of lore and background information on characters, but none of that can really be found in the game. And I just feel like all you need to do is even like have a whole like movie section in the game where it's just like a short like maybe minute clip that like goes into the character's background or maybe even some of this lore stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you unlock them by playing. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. Do you think they could pull a Final Fantasy 15, add lore and an update? I'm sh I'm sure they could. I mean, if they want if they have the time to put together some of these, you know, quick short movies, explain, you know, go into the background of some of the the brands of arms that we have or go into some of the background on the characters then they could easily slipstream that in in like 3.0 in a couple of months sure sure will mcxd says hey nwr tv love your videos thank you very much we also have jp troll saying i think it will be more cool edited uh this video this specific live stream we're doing right now which i think this is kind of a funny comment uh jp troll also asks will it be will there be super mario maker clothes in mario odyssey yes we knew about that for a while but also it has been formally confirmed that you're going to get that construction mario costume in super mario odyssey i wonder if you have to tap the uh the 8-bit mario amiibo that launched with mario maker to get it though i hope so or that somewhat canadian exclusive one you hooked me up with donald the uh modern 8-bit <laughs> I thought that I thought that went on sale separately at some point. It, it, it did eventually, or but the way you had to get it initially in the U.S. was to buy the whole Wii U bundle with it, uh, which is ridiculous. Airbuster asks: Is Arms going to die once Splatoon Two comes out? Arms seems to have launched at too light of a weight. I think Splatoon Two is going to be a much stronger launch than Arms was, and I think it will eat into Arms capital at least somewhat. Yeah, I, I can see myself getting way into Splatoon 2 online again, but I, I, don't, I haven't even unlocked ranked mode yet in ARMS, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. That was the first thing I did in ARMS. I did level 4 and just immediately did that. But I think ARMS could get another jolt in the arm if they add it to that Nintendo Switch online app. Mm -hmm. Do you do you think that's going to actually compel people to come back to ARMS? Because a mobile phone app that's not on the console proper, unless there are really big bonuses and they have a huge content update that brings a lot of mobile exclusive content. Hey, maybe, I just, maybe, I, just I mean, they could do something where if you connect to Nintendo Switch Online, you get like a ton of currency in ARMS. So there's ways to incentivize it. 
Sure. I can say that the longer we talk about arms, uh, the chat has dropped by about five people from 17 to 12, which means that maybe arms is a bit of a niche Nintendo game. Still. I'm sure we'll it see. is. But yeah, like- we'll get we'll get we'll get its first uh, we'll get an idea of how it's doing in the US probably by this time next week. So Sure. Has anyone played Kirby Blowout Blast? Jared Goblin asks. I keep looking at it in the eShop, but I've not purchased it yet. I I have it by way of Robobobobobo, etc. And it, it seems fun, but I'm just sort of trying to rein myself in until I get a bonus next week before I start going crazy on the eShops again. Mm. I have I re- not played it. You, do you have any interest? Not really. I mean... I may try it. I may get it. How much is it? Six bucks, Seven. I think. Oh, I'll Seven. probably buy it and just give it a shot eventually. It's just I'm not the I'm not the biggest Kirby fan. I think he has some good games, but I think a lot of them are a little too slow paced and easy, mm-hmm. just for my personal taste. Yeah. Kurt Dog says, uh, "Friend of the site, Curtis Bond says, Gur, stop talking about Nintendo games on this Nintendo channel." Jokingly, of course. And which is funny, because I remember the early episodes of Nintendo News Report, that was 2014-2015, we would make the mistake of talking about indie games for way too long, and we you would see the chat drop in about half from 20 to 10. Just from talking about, just talk, from talking about a game like Chariot for two minutes too long. It's, it's, at least we're talking about the first party stuff, is, is what I have to say about that. So speaking of first party stuff, um, there was a demo that dropped this week. Two, weren't there two? The, I only one. One. Well, yeah, we we played one, well. You guys played one because the other one's like a trailer creator from Utopia. But we also have the Hey Pikmin demo, which I think came out in Europe like what three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Small dream. I bought Blow Up Blast day one. Tell us what you think about it, and then I will relay it to the audience. Yeah, I played the Hey Pikmin demo. It came out Thursday. It It's presumably the same demo that Justin played, which is a tutorial and two levels. One from the first chapter, one from the third chapter. That game plays like Yoshi's Island, except way slower and a little bit like Pikmin, which is probably exactly what everyone expected. It seems totally okay, but also kind of slow. Kind of like Yoshi Touch and Go? Yeah. A little bit. Is that what you thought? I thought thought it gave me some of the same vibes as that game. I mean, clearly it's not like a score attack game, but it kind of felt... It reminded me of that. The same way like you're moving side-scrolling and throwing items on a dual-screen device. It just really felt a lot like it. So is there a lot of hidden stuff you have to find, or or have they actually put everything out in the open for this game? Uh, I don't remember finding any hidden things really uh alex did you see anything i played the levels once so i didn't really dig deeply yeah it there may seemed... have been some things you could miss but they didn't seem that hidden it's more like you solve a little puzzle it looks like to get them mm-hmm. but i don't know how required some of that stuff was it seems like a better video game than the chibi robo platformer that came out a couple years ago it doesn't seem like it's going to be the worst first-party platformer released on 3DS, but because Arzest is making it, and because it did have a slower pace, I have hesitations about mm. that game going in. Yeah, but I mean, it, well, it's not the, probably won't even be the worst platformer Arzest makes on the 3DS. And well, I don't think you have you you'll be too bummed if it ends up being a, a bad game for you, Alex, because well, you scored this week. Yeah, Donald King of Segways strikes again. <laughs> the, the Amazon Prime Day was a couple days ago, and at about 9 p.m. when Prime Day like actually actually started, 9 p.m. Eastern time, there were price errors everywhere in the video game section. And it seemed like random discounts were being doled out on the North American Amazon stores for Prime Day which meant that there were some people who were getting the new Crash Bandicoot trilogy, which is very good, by the way, for about 6 bucks. People were getting both Kingdom Hearts games for 12 bucks each. People were getting Everybody's Golf, the new Hot Shots Golf game, for 6 bucks. People were getting Mario Maker 3DS for 10 bucks. Donkey Kong Country Returns Tropical Freeze for 10 bucks. I ended up getting two games. I got one, Pikmin, for 6-something. Hey, Pikmin. 
Hey, Pikmin. Hey, Pikmin. For $6, I also got the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 on PS4 for 7 bucks. Jesus. And I thought my ended, what ended up being the $15 copy of Final Fantasy XII was bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because what I think what happened with that, with those errors, was the same thing that happened to me. Except I got a little kicker at the end because it seemed like it was applying the prime, like it was doing some prime discounting, but it was applying it multiple times for for whatever reason. And I know that they had to kill the deals at some point because they because they had to fix it basically. And when it went back up, it was like thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah, well, it was thirty bucks. But on the positive side, as far as I know, none of the orders have been canceled. Mine yeah. haven't been canceled, and the people who bought games that are already out, all of them have been delivered already. Yeah. Ha- uh, noted bot Wario64 posted a picture of like 10 games he got from those glitches. Ever Oasis was about 12 to 14 bucks. I remember I had Ever Oasis in my cart for 14 bucks, and I decided against it because I wasn't sure that it was a game I would enjoy. Hmm. Should have gotten you to pick it up for me because yeah. I, I I would have <laughs> taken advantage of those deals. Except my prime accounts in Canada, we didn't get shit for that. Oh really? Yeah. So it was just the U.S. It was just the U.S. store that was messing up. Although, like I said, I got because basically what happened with me and the Final Fantasy XII is I got the Steelbook edition. It was supposed to be like fifty bucks. They double applied the prime discount to make it thirty-two, and then after it shipped. They still gave me back fifteen bucks plus tax for the pre-order price guarantee because the price changed on it before it came out. Yeah, I heard that was happening. Like with Mega Man Legacy Collection, Wario sixty four was saying something along the lines of because it went from sixteen bucks to fourteen bucks on Amazon naturally, his seven dollar order became a five dollar order. That's so that crap. might be reflected on me too. <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah, the, these deals are the reason you keep Prime around. Oh, that and yeah. that and if you like some of their TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ms. One K three says that he saw that the third level in Pikmin had two exits, so multiple paths is the implication. Yeah, Kirk I didn't Dark. play the third level, so thanks for bringing that up. You didn't play it? I played the first two. Not I didn't the the the, the uh, tutorial in the first level. And then I, they kicked you out the demo. We're running out of time, and I get a chance to do that third one. Oh, well, if you're curious, it is, it's a harder level, which means it's a slightly better level. So if, if you have the 700 blocks, I do recommend that. I'll download it. I try to download all the demos. Really? It is, and then just Our, save it. Do you have, do you have it on like a separate 3DS for uh, archival purposes? No, no I, have, whole... I have all the demos downloaded. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, cause I know the 3DS is like a 300 icon limit. Yeah. I don't know what I'm up to as far as that goes, but. I, I'm more, I am seriously worried that I'm going to hit that sometime before sometime before the 3DS goes away. Yeah, I buy all the retail games, so I don't have to worry about those taking up space. So that probably uh, helps. Mm. Yeah, that's see, that's my problem. I don't like I, I don't like to have to carry around my game case, so I just I download it when I can. And that was the reason I had an R4 as a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah. Kurt Dog says he really enjoyed the demo. Small Dream uh, says, I quite like Blowout Blast. If you liked the Kirby 3D Rumble, you'll like it. It can also get difficult if you're trying to get a good score. I read in a review that it takes about an afternoon to finish, so it's quite short. Yeah, I, I, I think I got through the, the one that was in Robobot in about an hour, but if this is an expanded version of that, then yeah, it's probably a good five or six hour game. Mm. RP Gamer. Prime Day in Canada messed up on movies and anime. One of my friends ended up getting about $1,000 of anime for 150 bucks. Most were $1 to $3 instead of 40 to 60 And I was broke this week. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> then, again, anim- then again, anime is a mistake, so... Cherry- maybe, maybe I was lucky that way. <laughs> so... I think some anime were a mistake. I think every so often you'll see very specific anime that were that were a mistake. But the Miyazaki films, and then you got Hajime no Ippo, and then you got Cowboy Bebop. I, I think some anime have enriched art as a whole. Yeah, especially F-Zero. Yeah, F- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kirby. 
Cherry Goblin says, I put the entire Always Sunny cast in that Metopia trailer demo, which is a fantastic idea. Uh, Arabuster agrees with me. And then RP Gamer asks, Can someone whose nickname is a Pokemon say anime was a mistake? What does that mean? Anime was a mistake. Uh, also, my forum handle both on nwr and rb gamer actually is shaman oh nice nice this k3 i named my dog hippo because of that <laughs> anime <laughs> oh wait, no do, do you mean Epo or hippo it it's fine it's fine anyways we have we have another topic we talked about hey pikmin we talked about amazon we talked about arms let's talk about dragon ball dragon ball xenoverse 2 is coming out in September on the Nintendo Switch. And then it will offer a six-player local option as well as optional motion controls for throwing Kamehameha at opponents. No DLC, it seems like. I, I'm surprised they haven't rolled in the DLC uh, into that into this release. I figured it was more like a Game of the Year thing. But that is not the thing I'm most confused about with this game. Because that is coming out on September 22nd making it the second fighting game or heavily fighting inspired game with a customizable character that's based on a popular franchise in anime. Pokémon Tournament DX comes out the same day. It's also developed by Bandai Namco as pointed out by friend of the show Seren McNulty. So I'm really worried that Bandai is going Bandai Namco are going to lose their shirts on this one especially outside Japan. Yeah, did it, any of you play Xenoverse 2? I hear it's an improvement over, over the first one. I have not. Uh, I am casually intrigued enough to see what it's like, especially since they actually went out and got some of the DBZ abridged cast to do voices for it. Hmm. But I'm going to be a bit busy that day, let's put it that way. Yeah. You're choosing Pokken? Uh yeah, basically. And also, it comes out the week after Samus Returns and the week before the SNES Classic. That's no good. That's so no good. That's, that yeah, is that... a bad, bad part of town to be in. Yeah, it just, just seems like a packed month to begin with. Mm-hmm. All well, right. September is, I mean, September is when, after Splatoon, we basically go into like a six-week lull, and then Mario and Rabbids kicks off like an insane last quarter for Nintendo. Well, there's two quarters. I'm I'm not really expecting a whole lot in December. Like maybe we if Xenoblade Two's there, sweet. Yeah. But if not, that's the only you basically got a three. Happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. But you still got a very packed three months. Just to, even on the Switch, not even getting into 3DS stuff. WWE 2K18 enters the Switch arena. It launches on October 17th alongside the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions. Maybe. That's what your news story says. Yeah, the and that was what we were originally told. I probably should have went back and adjusted that because, because like a day or two later, the official word was it's going to come out in the fall. So we don't really have a lockdown date for that yet. And Possibly related, I don't know, but I got an email from Amazon this week about an NBA 2K18 for Switch pre-order, where originally that was supposed to come out the same day as the PS4 and Xbox One versions. That is now a we don't know date. Like it basically gave me the placeholder of December 30th mm-hmm. for for that game coming out in out for me. So, um. We, I would think that it's probably not going to be too far from the other versions, but I'm thinking that like the the portability is going to have to be a big factor for these games selling on Switch because the it, they're probably going to miss the bi- the big release day by a few days, unless it's just a matter of pre-orders with NBA 2K and WWE get the game four days early. So maybe they're not doing that on Switch. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Small Dream thinks that we could get Fire Emblem Warriors in December. That could be it too, but then you have Mario and then skipping all the way to December unless Skyrim comes out then. That's true. 
Fire Emblem Warriors does make a yeah. lot more sense in November. Yeah. And I'm I'm I really wish that they had a new developer for WWE games in general because I'm pretty sure there are animations in 2K17 that date back to SmackDown on the PS1 which came out when I was in my freshman year of high school. Hey, I'd be fine if they just gave the whole WWE franchise licensing rights to Sin Sophia so we can get the sequel to No Mercy that we all want. Yeah, basically that, except I wonder how many of those people are still with the company at this point. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to chance it because I want it that bad. Donald, yeah. what's this NBA 2K business? Uh, basically, like I said, NBA 2K was originally announced to come out, be coming out on the Switch the same day that it does on PS4 and Xbox One. It got, and people who pre-ordered the game on Amazon this week got an email saying it's been pushed to a placeholder date of December 30th. Mm-hmm. So, originally that was it's it was going to be the same day now like i said it's it could be it's just going to come out on tuesday for everybody on switch as opposed to the friday for if you pre-ordered it but we we don't know 2k isn't talking right now okay okay so maybe we'll get two sports games this holiday season oh yeah i think we'll still get we'll still get them before the year's out i'm just wondering if it's a matter of days or if we could be looking at like several weeks between the the big the big console releases and then the switch release. Mm-hmm. RPG gamer asks Donald brings up a very important argument: SNES, Super NES, or SNES? Super Nintendo or SNES? Hmm. I I I sort of flip back and forth. It's kind of like kind of like I think I think the Beast cast as we compared it to like Pop or Soda. Or how you refer to running shoes, I th- I think it is highly regional, but I tend to I I've used all three of them pretty much interchangeably. Well, okay. How about this one then? Because I remember when Mister Awada was talking about the Super Nintendo, he would say Super NES. Yeah, that's all right too in my book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So SNES, Super Nintendo, Super NES. Those are the three. Wrap it up, boys. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I'll, I'll, I'll play that. Arabuster says Warriors doesn't seem like a game that will miss a date, and to that I say you're probably right because it's Nintendo. But uh, Tecmocoe misses dates for Warriors games all of the time, albeit it's only for a short period of time. Uh, Berserk the one that came out in February, was originally slated for October. It got delayed in Japan, and it got delayed in the West before it ultimately came out. Uh, so so it's not above Tecmo Koei to push a game out. Um, although I, I highly doubt it here. Cherry Goblin says, until it comes out, Xenoblade 2 is 2018. I agree with that. I've been agreeing with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Some people criticize me for that, but I will be be happy and shocked if it comes out this year, but at least in North America, I think that game is 2018. Sure, sure. Cherry Goblin also adds third party on Switch is going so well. Asterisk sarcasm. To which I say, you should not be going to a Nintendo system for the third party support. The I mean, we've we've seen some successes from uh, a lot of the indie stuff. I think the jury's still out on third-party stuff on Nintendo platforms, probably until this fall, when we see if thing. I, I'd say two K, the two K games and Skyrim are going to be the real litmus tests for like big boy third-party support on Switch, mm-hmm. and to a less and to a lesser extent FIFA. Yeah, yeah, because EA don't care. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Justin, are you? upset at all by the lack of third-party games on Switch? Because I know you like games like Overwatch sometimes. Yeah, I don't think I'd like Overwatch on Switch, to be honest with you, just because I feel like most of my friends play that game on PC anyway, so I think I could be mistaken, but I think some of the balancing is different on consoles, just because you don't have the the mouse 
keyboard mouse I mean, factor. Yeah, yeah. So I honestly, Overwatch isn't a game I'm really looking forward to trying on Switch. I mean, the portability would be cool, but I just think it's more suited for the PC environment. I honestly don't think that game is really suited for consoles at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, I. I'd like to see more third-party support on Switch, but I mean, some of the third-party stuff I want probably won't be happening, like a new Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. Not unless Nintendo pays up. Yeah. And we've seen, like, I think a lot, a lot of the problem is, like, a lot of the third parties are going to games that require you to be online for sometimes no readily explainable reason but they require an online connection, which you cannot guarantee on the Switch. So that's probably why we're not going to... There's a lot of stuff there that we can't see on Switch just because it just... Like, we're not going to see Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, which would be something that would probably work really well on the Switch in the style of Splatoon, but that's never coming because, for whatever reason, that game, you have to be online to play it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, we, yeah, maybe yeah. Nintendo can let you connect through their app to do that, just like they force everybody to be online to play Super Mario Run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we did just get word from uh, the Jackbox folks that apparently Jackbox Party Pack 3 did well enough on Switch that they're actually bringing the first two packs to Switch as well. Cherry. So, so we'll get some You Don't Know Jack on Switch finally. Cherry Goblin, he makes the point. I don't go to Switch for, uh, to Nintendo for third party, people are acting like the Switch would fix everything. And this sort of touches on a real issue I've been having over the last few weeks. And that some Nintendo fans, every, every sort of fan base has their own bad apples. Every fan base is good with bad apples. Every fan base is bad with good apples, etc., etc. Nintendo's no better or worse than anyone else. But I have seen a small segment of the Nintendo fan base who is really insistent on poisonously begging for Switch ports on every single game that gets announced for anything ever. And it's not just wanting to, to have a game come to Switch, because you can ask for games politely, and you can, uh, you can sort of wish for games, and you can sort of petition politely to developers to bring games, but there's a, there's a feeling of entitlement from a very small group of people I've been feeling on social media, and it's been really upsetting because people are, are starting to get to the point where, like, if a developer won't bring a game to Switch that they're worthy of boycotting or their shit or something else altogether. I, I think I know the game you're, th- you're specifically thinking of, and to be fair, that excuse is horribly lame. Yeah. It's not just that, because the the developer of that game also admitted that it's like, ah, you got us. That We were just being silly. We didn't do all the research. But I don't think they meant that maliciously. I think they needed an excuse. And they came up with something that they didn't fully do all their research on. Uh, even to, be fair, to be fair, this, the Switch is missing one button from the PS4 controller. The giant freaking touchpad in the middle. But we have an entire touch screen. So what mm-hmm. do you do? But has any game required the use of the touchscreen and, like, you can't play it docked? Uh, Uh, There's at least one in North America, and there's, I think, two more. I think there's another one that came out from the same publisher in Japan. Okay. So it is something Nintendo would allow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And and I think a lot of the a lot of those people just like they they want to be able to play portably. The portable audience might not be as big as the big boy console audience, but they are extremely loud. I mean, I'd personally love to see that Mega Man Legacy Collection come to Switch. It really sucks that it's not, especially since some of those games were on Nintendo platforms like Mega Man Seven, Nine, and Ten too. Yeah, yeah. Although. Really, if they took eight out of that collection and released it on Switch, I would have absolutely no issues with it. Yeah, I wouldn't care either. It's probably the worst mainline Mega Man game. I mean, that collection baffles me a little bit because I think there's some omissions. It doesn't have Mega Man in base, right? Which is a mainline Mega Man game. It's and it's like a spin-off, but even in like some of the plot stuff, I think in Mega Man Nine, I think it showed the ending of Mega Man in base when they showed like the montage of all of them, which is weird. And uh, so it's, it's like 
the closest thing from a spinoff you can get to a mainline Mega Man game. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, I don't understand why the arcade. I mean, if it came to Switch, I think putting the, the two Mega Man arcade games on it would be a no-brainer with the detachable Joy-Cons. You could like, like they did with the with the anniversary collection on GameCube that had the two fighting games. Yeah, and those are short but fun, in my opinion. It'd be great to just be able to pop that in the Switch and play that game with two people instantly. It's mm-hmm. dumb not to, in my opinion. Make it happen, Capcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Airbuster says it would be nice to have some third-party stuff, but Nintendo went in a way different way with their hardware's fidelity. Just can't see things going back to GameCube levels, which is which is fair. Although I recall GameCube's third-party support being pretty good, but not necessarily on par with PlayStation there, Two and Xbox. Like the GameCube, I would say got about a half to two-thirds of the third-party games that came out on PS Two and Xbox in that generation. That's good. I think the and, downside is a lot of them were the weaker and, versions. Yeah, and a lot, and although even though the GameCube was was as powerful as the PS2 in some cases better, but between disc size and the fact that you legitimately had one less button on the controller, you couldn't do. There were some games that would be harder to adjust to the GameCube than say a, a downport if you're already doing things that to make this run on an Nvidia Shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We also got in the chat. Kurt Dog says, if a game comes out on all three consoles, I will buy it on Switch. No questions asked, which is a very common sentiment I see on Twitter of the reason why Switch is so good is because it's portable. There are plenty of people who only play the Switch portable. I would say I'm about an 80-20 split portable to home console. I, I'd at least like the option. Like, I would... I mean, would I love to have the Final Fantasy XII on Switch so I could, you know, play it, do a quick dungeon while I'm in the bathroom? Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's Square being Square. And yeah. hell, Square, Square is the publisher for every PS4 disc game that I own right now. So mm. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. RP Gamer says Switch port begging is so incredibly annoying as a community manager. There's a certain element that is super antagonistic, and that that's that sort of is in line with my feelings. Granted, I'm not a community manager like like our friend here is, but I do agree that Switch port begging gets antagonistic against the developers and the publishers when they just have their own business plan and they're just doing their own thing, and there's nothing morally wrong with that. I mean, I'm not against people asking for it, but being malicious about yeah. the whole thing is bad. <laughs> asking is fine. It's doing like 100,000 strong for Mega Man Legends 3 to come back. That that stuff is great because it's the community getting together and being polite to bring a game back. But for the other people who are sort of harassing developers on the internet, I, I can't quite say I identify with that at all because harassment is never okay. And just think of it this way for the people doing that. If you're the developer being harassed by Switch fans, do you really want to serve that audience? Mm-hmm. Like I said, there there may not be a lot of them. They're just really loud, and sometimes you need to know the difference. Yeah. Kurt Dog suggests, I wonder if Nintendo is saving these collections for the Switch's online service to make it part of that. I don't think so. I don't think Nintendo would be working that closely on with Capcom to make this happen. Uh, Saber is like Konami, listening to the demands and delivering it. Interesting. RP Gamer. Oh, go, go ahead, Don. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Saber, they finally put out the patch for NBA Playgrounds this week to uh, to unlock to give us online on Switch and make it that you don't get the free copy of Shaq Fu anymore. <laughs> oh no. Now no one, yeah, now no one. Now that game is viable. It's supposed to just be okay. Like they took it from lesser to okay. Yeah, a a solid six, as I as I believe our our own Neil Ronahan said it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although, although I think the fact that it took two months between the the game coming out and the online coming out, um. There is going to be some change. I suspect there will be changes as to how we handle things of that nature going forward. Yeah, yeah. 
Riza says they're like Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door fanatics. They are loud but few. I think he's talking about the the port begging. To which I would say I'm pretty sure Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door might have consensus for best Paper Mario game. Easily in my book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although it's I'm not saying there's an there's a valid case to be made for the first Paper Mario game. But I th- I'm pretty sure crowd consensus is already all for Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that that's all we got from the chat for now. We got we got a Pokemon story to close the show out on. Justin, how about you walk us through this this collector's stuff? Yeah. So I guess in Canada and on Amazon Canada and Amazon North America, I think it is. U.S. They, yeah. 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 U.S. My bad. They put up a pre-order for a two-pack Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon that also includes a Steelbook. They had a similar thing for the release of Sun and Moon last year, so it looks like it's happening again. But one thing that worries me about this is that Pokemon Sun and Moon last year had more uh, boxed copies of the game and ways to buy it than I think any other Nintendo release in history. There are five different boxed versions with different exclusives and stuff put in it available at different retailers so i know amazon had the steel book i think target had like a three pack with uh, the starter figures uh best buy and maybe one other place had uh, like 200 pokeball thing and then there was uh i think it may have been a walmart exclusive where there are two of them where you can get the a pack of sun or a pack of moon that had the legendary figures in them. So I think that's five. Yeah, there are five variations of that game sold in the United States. That's crazy. (laughs) They've never done anything like that before. And to make it worse is they didn't communicate this clearly at all because I think the ones with the legendary Pokemon or the... They weren't put up to buy until maybe like a week or two after the game came out. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta you gotta goose people into the in to get them somehow. So, but I'm I I'm glad this exists because it is actually cheaper for me to buy the steelbook than to get both games between the eShop and physically right now. That'll probably change before before launch, but I'm I'm glad the steelbook exists and it is also available by the way for our our European friends. All right, that's good. Yeah, I mean it, it's a nice little bonus thing. I don't think I'd put my games in them, but it looks nice. And it, and you get 50 potions for it. Yay. That's not enough. For the amount of HP that a potion heals, that's not enough. No, no. what you do is you sell them and you make all kinds of money and buy super potions with it. Is that all kinds of money or is that like 5,000 Poke Yen? I think it'd be like 7,500, which early in the game is probably a good amount. It's a good amount of money to have at, th- at that point of the game, although I think they gave you like 10,000 Pokéon or whatever at the start of Sun and Moon, so maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, one of the things I liked about the Sun and Moon bonus is one of them gave you 200 Pokéballs, I think. Something like that. And that was very useful because you could just catch a lot of easy things at the start and then hop on Wonder Trade and get all sorts of crazy stuff right near the beginning of the game. My brother got like a level 100 shiny from Wonder Trade. I had to tell him I had I didn't have the heart to tell him that that thing was probably hacked. Yeah, I think probably. I got, I got the uh the shiny owl rowlet. Nice. Like, <laughs> um Chair Goblin asks is Alex salty about Ultra Sun and Moon? The answer is when it was first announced I was very 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 salty because it was 3DS only and there was no Switch version whatsoever. Although I, I don't think I have the right to complain to Nintendo about a game they never intended on making, but I do have the right to complain about the absence of a Pokemon game on Switch. However, at E3, when a Pokemon Switch game was ultimately announced, I was over the moon and then all my salt towards Ultra Sun and Moon totally went away. A couple weeks later, come July, I already got Pokemon Fever again. I'm ready to play. Yeah, just we haven't had anything come in yet as far as what's going to be in Sun and Moon. I mean, even the latest Korokoro came out, we got nothing 
for sun and moon or ultra sun and ultra moon but that is i think standard issue for a th for these sequel games i don't think we got any news about black and white 2 after their announcement until about at least a month and a half later Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Black and White 2 is the reason I'm worried about these games so much, because I thought Black and White 2 were pretty weak Pokemon games, especially coming so quickly after Black and White. It just felt like complete rehashes, but they're touting it as a sequel, but it was like the third version split into two games. It just seemed like the biggest money grab in Pokemon of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> they have not yet begun to grab, my friend. Have you seen some of the prices in Pokemon Go? Well... Pokemon Go Go is a completely different thing, and I have been playing that, but yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, Justin, there are very few things we can agree on as far as best and worst Pokemon game. But what we can agree on is something that not many people agree on, which is that Black and White 2 are relatively weak Pokemon games. And I feel very strongly about that. It felt like the same exact game to me with like more story and the story... And Pokemon is never very good. So it just threw more of that in my face. Yo, the post game was just the early part of black and white, but with higher level Pokemon. Yeah, I didn't even beat it. So I didn't even see a that. Lot, I thought a lot of the post game, a lot of the ch reason that black and white gets pimped is because of like the Pokemon World Tournament. Th that, that which is a the, wonderful thing. Yeah, that and the uh, movie studio. Mm -hmm. I listen the that type of thing in Pokemon games. I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here. For the like, this game is so awesome. We added something that's so much fun, and it's like something like the movie studio. Or look, you can put a mustache in your Pokemon and watch it hop around a stage and everything. And then they tout these things as great innovations, bringing tons of like fun to the Pokemon games. I hate that garbage. It's not fun. It's boring. You just sit through stuff, and it takes away from the core gameplay mechanics completely. It's I don't know if there's an audience for that stuff in Pokemon. I don't have research, but it's just horrible in my opinion. Especially when they force you to like go through it at least once to continue through the game. Mm -hmm. Riza says Alex was salty about Ultra Sun Ultra Moon like Thousand Year Door fans blowing shit out of proportions. I prefer the term emotionally intelligent. Kurt Dog Gaming said, I dug Black and White 2 just for the fact that it gave us really good Pokemon early on, and it also, Justin, you'll appreciate this, gave us the first step to improving EV training. This is Kurt yeah, I, yeah I, I do appreciate that, but I feel like it didn't become like a huge thing till X and Y, and now we have a way to s sort of boost the IVs, which in an interview I did uh, for X and Y, they said they were never going to do that. So I'm glad they're open to these changes. Mm -hmm. I yeah. just, I, I hope next, I hope Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, they have an easy way to get Pokemon to level 100 consistently. Because if, if that is going to be the requirement for the IV training, we need to speed up the process of leveling as well. Mm -hmm. and, and some people will complain like, oh, this takes away from the game. I don't think any of that stuff really takes away from the game because if you make it easier to level... I mean, post-game, obviously. If you make it easier to get your Pokemon leveled up in the IVs you want, you can start exploring the deeper mechanics of battling. And I feel like there's a huge game to be played there in the Pokemon series, but so few people have access to it because the time required to actually test things out is astronomical. Or you hop on a simulator. Which yeah, so doesn't... people go on a simulator, which, why did I buy the game? It's So I think it should be easier. I agree with you, Donald. I think we'll get news soon for Ultra Sun and Moon. I yeah. think I think next two to three weeks we'll get it, because I think we're overdue to see what they mean by new Pokemon, and I think new Pokemon means new Alola forms, a couple new Ultra Beasts, the new forms... And I hope new Pokemon, but I still am hesitant to commit to that. Yeah, I think if they're going to keep compatibility with Sun and Moon for trading in these games, I they can't introduce a new Pokedex number. But they could even put Mark Shadow, the legendary that came out in Japan, 
in the game and say that's your new Pokemon because it's already in existence. Marshadow but, already exists in the West, by the way. Okay, yeah. It's the, right. the trailer came out a few weeks ago. Okay, yeah, but I think we we got spoiled by Sun and Moon dropping news literally every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think I think once we start to see news from Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it's going to be a little bit steadier. Now, one thing I do want to bring up is the possibility that new Pokemon could come to these games, and all they have to do is update the older games to allow it. They they did not update X and Y when when Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire added a bunch of new Megas. They're de- I really wonder if they would bother to update Sun and Moon for completely new species. With Sun and Moon, there's a first time for everything, which is something I think we learned many, many times in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. But why would they want you to... Why would they bother to update the old games when they could make you spend 40 bucks on the new ones? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's our show. We, uh, we talked about everything we have to talk about and even more. So thank you very much for listening to a new installment of Nintendo News Report. Go to our website, nintendoworldreport.com. Neil just put up a dope 3DS feature today that is going to be multi-part, and I really think you should look at it. You can get all kinds of new impressions from New York. Uh, Justin and Neil and uh, some of our friends went out there. Casey. Uh, We have a giant Hey Pikmin preview from uh, Don Koopman Mm -hmm. on the site now. And... um, and last week, about this time last week, actually, I had an article for what the 3DS could have next year. It's actually more than more than people realize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, patreon.com slash NWR. Support the site that supports this show. We have plenty of Patreon content going up all the time. Plenty of things to vote for. Plenty of podcasts that are exclusive to the Patreon, including me debating with a few other Nintendo reporters like Donald on what the best Pokemon generation is, which I think is still Patreon exclusive, right? It is, it is still Patreon exclusive, yes. Also Patreon exclusive, um, I mentioned it in the description on YouTube, but uh, we've got people working to bring back the Lost Art of the Instruction booklet. And yes. patrons of a certain level will can see the benefits of that patreon.com slash nwr sure sure uh justin baruby is king nintendo fan on twitter at king nintendo fan all one word donald is there at donald mick d-o-n-a-l-d-m-i-c-k also at nfr podcast for nintendo free radio that's donald's other podcast Any, anything good happening there uh, we've popped. We managed to finally get our E3 show out of the uh, out of a very tough editing, and we'll probably be going again this weekend for a new sh- for a new show that'll probably be out, but hopefully by this time next week. But I can't guarantee that. Also, I am at Kulafia. C U L A F I A. That's my name. Don't wear it out. That's our show. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Bye bye. Stay fresh. No. Go ice cream. <laughs> Cake. Bye.